Daniel really um, uh, um, is a very special uh, book, and uh, you know much about it. It's one that you're very familiar with. It's one that you come to terms with. You're told it, the stories of Daniel at Sunday school. It's one favorite with the Sunday school teachers, because it's got a narrative and a story, and it's very easy to tell, and it's quite exciting. And if I came amongst you and said to you, what do you know about Daniel... Um, you may probably mostly talk about the things that happened in the first six chapters of Daniel. They're very exciting little stories. It goes, they take place over quite a long period of time. In reality, Daniel was uh, uh, important in Babylon through three kings, Nebuchadnezzar and uh, uh, Belshazzar and then Darius. And so it went through his whole life and uh, we, we get pockets of information about what's taking place in that time. If I asked you uh, 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 to tell me what was happening there, you might say something about it was a time of exile, or you might say something about, well, he had friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or you might say something about a lion's den that Daniel was thrown into, or if you talked about his friends, you might say something about a fiery furnace, and you might talk about uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar the king had this dream of this great statue and uh, all sorts of other things you would be quick to tell me about. You would know them. You would understand them. And these are not just children's stories. There are great truths in them. In fact, if you really thought about them, these stories are actually quite frightening and not really suitable for children in the reality of them. But Daniel prays, as we read in that chapter, he prays, and you know from even your children's song, songs, daily he prayed three times. Uh, 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 and and, and uh, why did he do that? Daniel was not young at the time. Why did it take place? This is Darius the Mede. It was in the, the later stages of Daniel's life, and there was a trap set for Daniel who God had placed in that particular place, in the place of Babylon, and he positioned him there, and God had positioned him there to be an influence and a testimony for him. He didn't choose to be in that particular place. And you know as a young man that the people of Israel, because of their sin against God, that God had told them through the prophets, specifically Jeremiah, but also that there would be a time of exile coming, that God was going to judge them. And therefore, as the Babylonians did at that time, when they conquered a nation, they didn't want to wipe out the nation. They wanted the nation to continue so that they could get taxes for it. And so they needed someone to run their land in their place. And so they took the best and the brightest. These were children from influential families, and they took them to Susa, to Babylon, and there they re-educated them. They put them in a, 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 a cultural brainwash, as you want to call it, and then they sent back those that were not the exceptionally brightest, but still very bright ones, to rule their own people in the name of the Babylonians, and the very brightest they kept there in Susa, in the capital to add to the culture of that place. These were the PhDs that kept there, okay? These were the ones that were the top of the top, and they kept there at, at Susa. And so there he had these three friends with him that were taken because of uh, the, the exile situation away from their families into captivity, and he was taken. So he would never have chosen that. That was not something that Daniel said, well, this is a good career move for me. 
let me just run down there because really I've heard that in Babylon they've really got uh, uh, um, faster donkeys and better camels and, um, uh, um, you know, they've got nicer houses and they've got better engineers that can design their houses and build them and it's really a step up for me. It's a step forward in the progress of my life. It wasn't anything like that. It was like away from my family, taken there, into bondage, into captivity, and forced to learn a new culture. There were those at the time that would have said that Daniel was taken into captivity because our gods are stronger than your gods, okay? That was the, 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 the easy answer to the situation that was taking place. Our gods, our beliefs, our culture is stronger than yours. Therefore, we've managed to conquer you and take you in this way and this situation. The story wasn't that. The story was far deeper than that, and Daniel knew it. He knew that they were the people of God that carried promises that were given to Abraham that were going to bless the whole of the world, and still God was working those promises out. But the holy God and the just God, when he chooses a people and works with that people, will have them be holy. And when they're not doing, he disciplines them and he deals with them. But also at the same time, as Daniel was away in this situation, God was going to use him to extend uh, 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 the kingdom of God. You will often be in situations that you do not choose that you do not want to be in. You might try to engineer your own situations on your own life, but you can't do it. The world doesn't let you do it that way, and neither does God let you do it that way. There will be times when you are put in situations that you don't choose, you don't want to happen and take place, and yet still, yet still you are called to walk well. God works in different ways. And as you come to Christ, no matter how distressing the situation may seem, he calls you to walk with him circumspectly by faith. And the very pattern is that even in the very cross, we see a great weakness and something crying out, this should not take place. This is a distressing situation from a human aspect. And yet Christ dies, and yet Christ rose again. And he still works in his church, and he's still blessing the world through it. So Daniel was put in a bad situation, and you might be put in a bad situation, but that situation that you're put in does not detract from the fact that God wants you to bless that situation that you're in and those around and about him. So they will be to be reprogrammed, re-educated, they were going to be taught a new language of the Chaldeans. They were taught uh, uh, the, 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 the literature of them and their thinking and their ways of approaching God. Now, every totalitarian regime that there ever has been in the world, where, and they will come and go, will always try to force conformity onto the people. Conformity onto the way you think, conformity on the way you behave. You've got to tie in and believe and behave in the same way. That was the same thing that took place in the early church when Caesar declared that he was a god and everyone had to worship Caesar. Oh, you could worship your own different gods underneath that, but still the unifying point of the culture had to be a worship of Caesar. And there has to be a unifying point for ever totalitarian regime. It happened with communism and you can go back and look at everything and it was taking place here. 
in the Babylonian Empire. You have to think like we do. You have to toe the same line. And the way in which they did it was they tied it in with their same with their superstitions and their behaviours. This was King's College Babylon. This was uh, 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 Babylon International University. This was Eastern Babylonian University. This was Susa Technic University. That was taking place with these young men and they were forced into it. And so they were there and they had to behave in a certain way. What are your names? No, that doesn't work. They're not the names of our gods. They're not the names of our thinking. They're names that make you a little bit strange in the head. They don't declare the greatness of our gods. Hey, change your names. You've got, we're not going to call you those names. We're going to call you these names. It's easier for us. It's, it's, it declares something better. You've got to sit here with us and you've got to eat the same things that we're eating. And they go, oh, well, you've just gone a step too far, says Daniel. I can't do that. I won't do that. I won't eat this food. Maybe it was food that was uh, 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 killed in the wrong way. Maybe it was animals that were dirty to Daniel. You know, pork and this, that and the other people. Uh, uh, animals that shouldn't have been eaten. No, he wasn't going to eat it. He wasn't going to join in with the way in which they thought and they celebrated. There's a point to which he tried to go along with it, but there was a point where he said, no, it can't be. I won't be assimilated into this culture in the way that you're intending to me to be assimilated into this culture. But he didn't come out in an obnoxious way. He didn't come out in a way that would cause problems. He said to the man that was looking after them, look, test us, test us. But they were facing identity assimilation. They were facing wiping out your old identity and putting into you the identity of the prevailing culture and forcing you to walk and work within that confined place. All powers seek to press you into conformity. But the church of Jesus Christ and Christians have never allowed themselves to be pressed into the uniformity that the prevailing culture seeks to uh, uh, influence you with. You do not accept their values. And the prevailing culture will say, accept our values or be cancelled. Be cancelled. You can't live with those values. We won't accept those values. We won't take those values. In Russia, it was you said to the gulags, here, you're cancelled. You've not got a place where you can voice what you believe and what you state. And Daniel and his friends would accept so much, but their identity was not up for negotiation. Their identity would not be taken from them. Their identity was something deeper and something much more real. They lived under the promises of Scripture. They saw the history of the world in terms of the promises given to Abraham. They saw and knew God's working throughout them in history. They knew he was a very real and a very present God. We read the psalm that read uh, in, in 145, talked about the very first verses and then later on about his kingdom being an everlasting kingdom. And I will praise you forever. There was a hope of eternity that was in their hearts that was greater than the pressures that were upon them to negotiate their identity. 
They had a greater view of an everlasting kingdom. They knew that they were God's children and therefore you have to be sure and secure in who you are and your identity that is in Christ and it is not negotiable. It is not to be transferred. It is not to be played with. It's, you're not allowed to uh, uh, play with it and give it up and Daniel would not be manipulated by social media or social engineering. Many today are struggling with identity. Identity issues we know in the West and uh, maybe in your own countries. I don't know the state of it. And there's a way in which people don't know who they are. They've got to find their own identity. There's no foundation outside of them that gives them an identity. And so they're told, well, well, be who you are, what you like, work towards that, change what you don't like, find your identity in something else, or find your identity, the, the most easy example to give is in your sexuality. Find your identity in your sexuality, and then you declare what your sexuality is, and nobody is allowed to make any comment against it because they are, violate, they are violating you. They're coming against your identity, you see. There's an identity problem that's taking place. Where's the balance? Where's the foundation? Where do you belong? And they were trying to cut that off from Daniel and his friends. Some nowadays even create avatars. I don't know if that's still a thing. It was around in the past a short time ago, where they, 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 they put forwards on the social media a different identity to themselves, an identity that they hope to be, someone that they want to be, and therefore they put it out there for others to look at. And then when they get dislikes, it's so harmful to them, they actually do do self-harm because they feel hurt by this. Their identity and who they are is clearly in question and they don't know who they are. Daniel and his friends, after they refused the king's food and ate the vegetables, it was a vegetarian diet that was given to them, found that they were ten times wiser. And it's a bit of a joke I said to the turkeys. That doesn't mean that if you become a, a vegetarian, you'll be ten times wiser. It's not a comment on that. It's not encouraging you to be vegetarian. But they were found, they were, they were tested, okay? They had their, um, what, what, what do you call it? They, they had their defense. They had their defense. There they were before the king. The king calls them in right defense. Oh, wait, I can't. And they were afraid they gave them vegetables. Well, they're going to look weak and they're not going to be very right. They were found to be ten times wiser. That doesn't mean to say that they had a, a greater intellect. But the way in which they approached the world, the way in which they approached living, the way in which they approached life, they found them to be ten times wiser. They gave reasons for the answers that they gave and they knew the basis for the answers that they gave. And they had a thought that went on, and you are here, to think. And to learn how to think, and the best way to learn how to think is to feed yourself from the scriptures, first of all, because all of the academies were set up, first of all, based on helping people to understand the scriptures. And if you want to be wiser than those around and about you, and I don't mean cleverer, and I don't mean getting better points in your exams or anything like that, you start to understand. And the way you understand is, first of all, sink yourselves into the scriptures, as Tafaswell was saying, and delve into them and let them seep into your life so that you dream them, so that they're there. They could think, and God had a task for them. And they had a basis from which to think from, because they knew that they were created in the image of God. In fact, 
they knew that their names were given to them primarily by God. Now, your fathers give you your names. You don't come out and say, I want my name to be this. You have no choice in the matter. You're given it, and that is a good thing to do, do actually. You're honouring your parents when you carry the name forward that they've given to you. But you, your identity then, you find it from your parents, okay? Your family gives you a strong sense of identity, and that's a good thing. Some families are broken, and you don't get a good sense of identity from them. But God is the one who named Adam. Adam didn't choose his own name. He was given the task of naming the Adams. Your identity and your name is given you primarily from God, Christian. And I don't mean Christian here. I mean everyone is Christian. Children of Christ. Bought with a price. Called by God. The identity you have as a believer is firmly founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's where you grow from. They were wiser. They could think. They were free to think. They were free and they were not pressured into for that thinking the way in which the world did, because the world says, if you don't think like we do, then you will face these constraints and these restrictions. You won't be able to progress in life. You won't be able to progress in university. You won't be able to progress. But Daniel said, well, I won't be able to bring it. You might be killed, Daniel. Well, I might be killed, but I will not negotiate on the identity that I have in Christ. Daniel had faith. He wasn't swayed by external events. He saw them taking place and understood what was happening in them, but they did not sway the foundation that he had. And external events are constantly changing in this world at a massive rate. Don't be swayed by them. He wasn't seeking what the world gave. He was placed in that situation. Now, what are you seeking? It seems like nowadays we have a choice. I want to get to here. I want to do that. I want to be this. I want to do that. I want to get this. I want to do that. And we all put our wants there. Because we're seeking sometimes, and the world has pressured us into seeking those things that are not necessarily helpful, not necessarily good, not ne um, definitely not the place where God is, because it's the place where we want to be. He was not seeking those same things. He saw eternity, and he saw God. For God to use you to bless others, then you need to stand by faith. You need to be a man of God if you want to bless others around you. You don't say, well, let me become rich and then I will bless others. That's not the way in which God blesses. Daniel had faith and trust in his God and because of that he blessed others. And that alone, you might be in a poverty situation or a very wealthy situation. It does not matter. The fact of the matter is you will be used by God to bless others only as you're trusting him and believing in him. Now, there are other examples of people that didn't seemingly openly have anything or definitely didn't engineer their own situations. We can go through many of them, but David was a boy when God chose him, and he saw his heart was fixed on God. Now, he made his mistakes later on, but he was a man that was going to behave by faith. He was a shepherd boy, not a general when God decided he was going to use him. It wasn't like, work yourself into a great situation, then I'll use you. And it was the same with, with Moses. Moses was an important person amongst uh, the Egyptians. 
until he escaped. He was going to be important until he became a nobody of no influence over importance. Then he came back a man of faith, you see. It was by faith he was going to walk. Joseph, sold by his brothers, we all touched on him, the one that explained the dreams of Pharaoh. Put in prison, falsely accused. Didn't have any choice in any of that, except that if he had given in to the cultural situation and had not run away from that woman that wanted to try to con him into her own bed, if he'd not run away from her, he would have had a nice life and a comfortable life. God would never have used him to raise to become the second in charge of all of Egypt and it wasn't that that was important. He was in the line of helping the promises of God because he saved his own people. And Joseph saw things. He didn't raise up to that position and say, this is great. Look what happened later on when his brothers came to him. They were frightened that he was going to harm them because they'd been so bad to him. And he said, look, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. He knew what he'd been sent there for and it wasn't to save the Egyptians. That was a byproduct of the blessing of God. The blessing was so that he would keep the line of the promise from, uh, uh, that was given to Abraham. So the promise given to Abraham was a promise based on his faith. And you access into that promise by faith, and so you live by faith in the situations that you are found to be in. Primarily, totally, and completely. Because that might mean sometimes that you don't progress in your work, or in your ability to earn money, because you make a decision that is based on faith, that's not just based on this, it's based on, I will not do that which is wrong. I will not lie, I will not cheat, I will not do those things that will bring the name of my God into disrespect. Therefore, I will lose this opportunity to become a professor. Therefore, I will lose this opportunity. Daniel was willing for that. All of these were willing to do that. There will be crises that come into your lives. Crises that God will bring in that will test you to see, are you going to walk by faith here or are you going to compromise? Is your identity going to be compromised and you're going to hang it on the, 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 the table of the world or are you going to hang it clearly on Christ and say, no. I mean, we all know the whole story and I, I, I think his words are recorded probably wrongly, I'm not sure, but when Martin Luther was put before... Uh, this special place in, 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 uh, where the Catholic Church was coming against him, the Diet of Worms, they call it. I always think, well, what a horrible thing to eat a load of worms, you know. But it wasn't talking about dieting, and it wasn't talking about eating worms. It was a place called Worms, and there was this conference. And, and they, they promised not to harm Martin Luther, but Martin Luther, uh, 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 well, they knew that that wasn't going to be the case, that they wouldn't keep the promises. And they put all these books in front of him and said, are you going to denounce all those books? There was Jan Hussey's books there, and gospel books, and books that he's written, and they... He's, he, and, and, and eventually he said, uh, yeah, well, well, some of those I might have written out of anger or something like that, and well, I wish I hadn't done it in that way, but on the ultimate stand, these books are, are full of gospel truth. I stand by, and some said, here I stand, I can do no other. But the issue is he was tied to his conscience, and his conscience was tied to God, and there were eternal things that are far more important than things on this world, and he saw it clearly. Will you stand? Is your name child of God? You need to see things with reasoned faith. It wasn't blind faith of Daniel. He knew the ways of God's working. He understood them. He entered them with his mind. It's not like Christian, throw your mind away and just follow any old rubbish. 
He thought about them. He understood them. God's dealings in history, God's promises, his nature, his character, God's plans, his victory, how it always worked out. He understood it, and so did most of the major scientists that we've ever seen. His spirit, though, reveals this truth to you because we're sinful and we need God's help. Live with the name that Christ has given you. Don't play with your identity. AI might try to force an identity change on you. You're facing something that I've never had to change. It will force conformity on this world because that way the world can be controlled. You will have identities given to you that you feel you really will struggle with and you are pressured to conform, otherwise bad things will happen to you. Daniel, bad things will happen to you. Daniel, I will not eat the king's food. Daniel, friends, I will not bow down to the statue of gold. Daniel prayed three times knowing that he was going to be totally cancelled and death was the only thing waiting for him. That's not just losing a job. That was clear. And they understood these things. And God wants you to understand them. And the early church understood it. There were many believers, rather than bow to Caesar, would be willing to take the consequences of that. Do not fear losing your reputation. Fear losing the name of child of God. In your work, Daniel was not afraid of showing his gospel-centeredness. Do not be afraid of it. Jesus came not hidden, and he made himself of no reputation, stepped right down and took the lowest position, not chasing the highest position. Your spiritual life will grow and expand, as will your usefulness, whether, whether it's somewhere, wherever it is in the world, and whether that is in your own countries, where they're desperately in need of, like every country in the world is of, People that will stand and be truthful and be honest and not be swayed by the cancel culture and not be swayed by the temptations of finances and not be swayed by that which would rob you of your faith. It is desperate for people who will stand by the very words that they give and will walk well and will be loving, and will be caring, and will uh, uh, be able to influence their own country. You don't know if you will ever be put in a position of power. Daniel never knew that. You don't know, you might never be. But wherever you are, the only real influence that you need to make is by being a person of faith, and honestly, honesty and dependability, because you know a God of love and a God who calls you to trust in him, and he is dependable. And you'll go through crisis situations in your life where you'll be tempted to walk away from owning the name of Christ, 
and behaving in a way that the world dictates, and there will be temptations that you will do that, and those that go on with God are those that stand at those particular times, at those crisis times, and call themselves Christians. Will you conform for the sake of this, what this world gives you, money or whatever? Many good men start well, but succumb. They don't have power with God or power in prayer anymore. They don't walk with God. They don't know the depths of the fellowship that they could have with God because they've compromised and they know they've compromised and carry that within them. Dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone as the song used to go. Let faith in Christ, Christ and God's word direct you and seep into you that you dream it, as we said to the children, let this mind of Christ be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Where are you standing? Will you live a life of compromise? What affects you as a believer? Or oh, please be aware of these things so you don't step into that compromise. Again, Daniel, uh, 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 and his cancel culture experience. Uh, it's more just about the way in which we think the king had a dream. The king had a scary dream, a frightening dream. There was first, the first dream was a statue made of different metals, and the, the feet were made of clay and steel. And then there was this great big rock that came down and crushed the whole thing. And Daniel knew, the king knew it was something to do with him. And it frightened him because he didn't want to be part of this thing that was going to come down and crush the whole lot. It was a scary dream, and he had to know the answer. He didn't just like, oh, I've had a dream. It was a bad day. You know, I had a bit of a nightmare, but I've got over it. It was like, this thing was troubling the king because it was to do with his kingdom and his rule, and I needed to know it, and he needed it. And the sorcerers and the magicians and all those that were paid to give the king their wisdom, these uh, 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 helpers, these... Uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, anyway, they were the ministers of state or something like that, but they, they were tied to their own culture. There were sorcerers and magicians and people like that, and they were paid well. And the king said, well, to be quite honest, I've got to have the answer to this dream, and really, I can tell you any old dream, and you'll come up with any old uh, 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 um, uh, word salad back to me, because you can very, you're very good with words, but I don't want that. I, if you give me that, how do I know that you're giving the truth? How do I know that you've sought this? How do I know if this is a true interpretation? No, you tell me the dream and you tell me the answer. You're sorcerers, you're magicians, you're people that do this, and, they, and if you don't, I'm going to kill you. This was serious business again. He was fed up with them. These people, maybe he didn't trust them, and he knew that they were con people or something like that. You know, he didn't want to have anything to do with them. They, have a guess. No, I will not guess that one. If I guess wrongly, I'm horrid. I wouldn't, they wouldn't dare to guess. Would you dare to guess? No way. Either way, you're for it. I'm not going to guess at that one. They knew they had no clue. And if you want to say, they were the naturalists. They were the rationalists. Your universities are full of them. We need to see what we see. We need to believe what we see. We can rationalize it. We understand that's what's taking place. All of the science departments are full of rationalists and naturalists nowadays. And these were the naturalists because they ultimately said, 
there is no spiritual side to this that anybody can have any access to. We can give sorts of ideas, but we really can't enter it. They were the real postmodernists of that time. We can't do it. It's unreasonable for, to, for you to ask us, us that thing. In 2.1, this is what they said, not a man on earth can answer. No one can show the king except the gods, listen, whose dwelling is not with flesh. They had no access to it. Daniel knew something completely different. It wasn't that Daniel could have access to the living God. It was that the living God had access to people. The living God did come and deal with men. He was going to deal with it at Calvary. He stepped into this world. But the living God had not let go of his promises and his very uh, 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 glory, as it were, his reputation. He tied it to people by giving promises through Abraham. His reputation was in there. God deals with men. And Daniel knew fine well that God deals with men. He knew fine well that God steps in. He knew the history of his own people. He knew the living God. He wasn't just a naturalist. He believed that there was a creator God that dealt with this world and therefore he had somewhere to work from and he did work from it. But Daniel, you are not like those rationalists. They try to force you to think like they do, but Daniel would not be forced to think like they do. He got his friends to pray, pray, pray. He was a man of prayer. God deals with us. He meets with us. You don't pray in wishful thinking. You pray because you're really meeting with the living God. Many people pray just with a wishful thought. Many different religions pray just with a wishful thought. This is different. They knew by faith. They experienced him. By his spirit, he meets and he answers prayer. And, God was, and Daniel was given the meeting meaning of this by God. And he really, you understand this, that not only did he stop himself being killed, he actually stopped the sorcerers and all those magicians and things like that being killed as well. God blessed those through Daniel, even though they were pretty evil lot of people. God does not use the powerful of those with academic ability primarily, but the faithful, the person that would walk with faith. Keep your concentration there. Seek Christ, honor Christ. In the book of Esther, Mordecai, her uncle, at one particular point, you know the story well, I can't go into it, we've not got time, but, Mord but Esther was told, look, look, you, you, you were the, 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 the queen, and we've got to ask you to go in and make petition to the king to save the people of Israel. You need to make petition to the king. And Esther said, look, everyone knows that if you can't go into the king, because otherwise you will be killed, unless he offers his scepter to you. She was frightened. What happens if he doesn't offer his scepter to me? I'm a goner. You're asking me to do something really serious for me to put my life on the line. Now, we're easy to talk about this, but it's very difficult to actually do it. And she went there. Eventually, Mordecai said this to her. Look, I'm not reading the whole verses out, just little sections of them in 4.11 uh, in the book of Esther. De Mordecai said to her, do you think that you will escape when the Jews are killed? That's the first one. And then later on, if you keep silent at this, then relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. You will not hinder what God plans to do, but you will not be part of it. Your faithlessness 
will be a real problem to you and your joy and your fellowship with God and your testimony to him. But it will not stop God's plans. It will not stop what he did. No sin in the line coming up to Jesus stopped the fact that salvation was planned and salvation was worked out and it was all God who did it. You cannot stop or hinder God's plans. The everlasting kingdom of God they saw built on a resurrected life, on better promises. See clearly that you have so much more and so much better. And as you walk with God, you are ten times wiser. You have a real reason to live and behave in the ways that you do. Just one quick point from the experience of the furnace. When you know Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down to the, to, the, to the statue of gold, and that's a very interesting because the first statue was made up of multiple different materials. Nebuchadnezzar thought, well, I'm not going to have that one. I'm going to make the whole thing of gold. That's me, so my kingdom will be forever. He was sort of playing around with those sorts of ideas. But they wouldn't bow down to it. Bow down. No, we can't bow down to it. They're witness. If God pleases, he will save us. But if not, be it known, we will not worship your gods or image. Our testimony is that we're willing to die for that which we believe, but God can save us. But look, when did help come to them? When? It wasn't when they were outside the furnace. Oh, yes, they'd had the experience of faith and being saved before with Daniel, but it wasn't then. It wasn't like sit here and then God will meet with us and he'll say, okay, I'm going to be with you and this, that and the other. He didn't do that. He didn't turn up until they were inside the furnace. That's when he turned up. God doesn't always promise that when you're sat outside that situation and you're just about ready to go in to a bad situation because you're trusting him and you're hoping in him, he doesn't say to you, everything's going to be all right and everything's going to be wonderful and this, that and the other. When you're in the problem and when you're in the difficulty, no matter what it is, it's God that comes within you at that point. If he gave it you before, you would start to trust your own faith. You would trust your own ability to trust him. You would trust something else. You wouldn't know him until you enter into that, trusting his promises. And he appeared to them and they would willing to say, Dave, our God, so days we will die. But if not, he can save us. But either way, no, our God is God. And it is more risky to go against God than it is to go against the prevailing culture. Later on, God did humiliate or humble um, Nebuchadnezzar, but Christ uh, uh, turned up then. In your struggles, in your problems, in that place where you should be, there is a higher God, a higher judge who judges truthfully and in righteousness. So, uh, um, uh, do you think so much about Christ and feed on him so that your faith grows? I mean, that's probably where the point is. That's why we encourage you to read your Bible so much and pray, because the encouragement of faith actually helps you to walk and helps you to stand. Outside of that, you're flapping around, really, and you're, you're, you're able to come. There's any wind or wave or will toss you into any sort of strange sort of situation. So three times towards Jerusalem, getting back to the text, really, uh, he prayed. The satraps, the governors, 
conspired against him. They were jealous of this man that had this power. And this man that had this power believed and trusted in God. And they couldn't handle it. That's not the type of thing we want in our culture. That's not the type of thing we want to hear about. That's not the thing we're going to give airtime to. That's not, if you speak about things like that, we're going to, the YouTube's algorithm is going to get you off the airwaves. It's not going to talk to you. It's not going to make you listen to. You're not going to be able to keep uh, clicking to listen to these people. You only have to go to North Korea to see how that's taken place very clearly. And in China, it's not much better. They were jealous of Daniel's power and influence and had to get rid of him. And the circumstances that were around about him were strange because Darius the Mede, that had come into power, really loved Daniel. He knew. But the trick, the, 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 trick, the, the plot, the trap was set. And they behaved in the evil way that they were. They were self-centered, dishonest, and money-centered, and power-centered. And that was the thing that was going to destroy it. That's the thing that's going to destroy this world. It always has been from beginning to end. It still works the same way. Nothing different. And the cancel culture and the mob, they came for him. And if he's not going to shut up, we're going to kill him. We're going to get rid of him. They came for Christ in the same way. They will come for you as you stand for him. He didn't fit. He didn't seek power or riches. They couldn't con him. They couldn't bribe him. They couldn't do anything to him. His Facebook page was clean. His Instagram didn't have anything on it that could condemn him or convict him. They couldn't use it to have power over him. They couldn't do a thing. They were trapped. They, were, they couldn't progress. Because his judgments were good. And so they were locked in. And they would have been blessed if they had sat there. But no, they wanted more. The will to power was there. And he was a giant of righteousness and not self-seeking. He was a giant of godliness and ten times wiser. And there was a more excellent spirit in him. There should be a more excellent spirit in you. But the only way you'll get it is the same old way fellowshipping with Christ through his word in prayer and then you're part of this family here you know your, 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 your name is child of God your surname is left kosher protestant church maybe no we're not exalting it but you're part of the family of God as God is our father and he's our father together that's also our testimony be of one of those that has a more excellent spirit. There's a clash of ideologies are always with me. One man with God alone, thrown into the lion's den. Daniel, you feel like saying, just before that event, Daniel, just, just keep praying, okay, but don't open your windows. You know, just don't open your windows. Don't let anybody know. It's going to be okay. Why do that? You know, you're an old man. You're going to die soon anyway. Why throw open the windows? Why do that? Daniel, just, just keep your faith a little bit hidden, okay? Just live with us, live the same as us, and you can have your faith, but, you know, put it in your own bedroom. Put it in your own house. Put it there. You know, don't really throw it into the marketplace. Don't put your thinking out there. Don't talk about it. Be a little bit embarrassed about it when the situation comes up in your classroom and the 
the opportunity arises and you're discussing something in your ethics or your what's it lectures. You just be quiet. Go along with what we're saying. No. There is a better spirit in you. There is a greater God. There is someone whose name you carry. You stand up for your father. You are his child. Don't hide. Daniel, keep it quiet. No. Daniel is not such a man as that. No. He would not have that. No. I am not like that. I will behave as I should. My windows will be open towards Jerusalem. I will look to the place from where my hope comes. And I will tell you that that is who I am and where I am. And Darius so desperate... uh, uh, came and found that he was well in the morning with great joy. The whole kingdom was influenced by the gospel because one man would stand by faith and God was with him. Now God be with you. God be with you if you go to Nigeria or Namibia. God be with you when you go to Cameroon. God be with you. God be with us here as we're on this island, as we walk by faith. The battle is the same. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Your mind is in there. Counsel me if you will. I am his and he is mine. As the saying goes, I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he'll keep what I've committed until that day. Amen. Now there was a song. I was given the song before I started preaching, hoping.